You know, it's a grind, and anyone that doesn't that thinks like you know is built into that nine to five mentality will never make it. It will yeah. never, never, never work. You can't do that. It just yeah. won't work. You work. need to be so passionate about your idea that it keeps you up until 3 a.m. and you're excited to work on it. You know, it really pays off when you see the traction and the progress and you see customers coming in, using your product, giving you testimonials saying, I love what you've built. It's really re rewarding. And that, you know, that, at least for me, really motivates me to keep 100%. building, growing it. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the E-Formula Podcast. I have a really special guest in the house today, Yash. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Pleasure to be here, pleasure to be here. Amazing, you know, we met about, like, you remember when we met with uh, at the Zacuzzi? Yeah. It was like maybe two years ago. Two about years two ago. years ago. And we just, you know, just brushed, like, catch up a little bit, and ever since we've just been saying hi to each other. And so, <laughs> you know the event that i have here and you pulled up and i really got to learn more about you and mm -hmm. i was just blown away with the amount of things that you was able to do at such a young age so yeah. i'm excited i know a lot of people here will be inspired by your story and everything that you have done so far so when did all this started uh so basically started you know to give you a little bit of background on myself um I started kind of in the entrepreneurial startup space when first thing I did was when I was 14 years old. Um, yeah, when I was in high school, I had an idea to work on something called protein gum. And protein that gum. was the first, you know, business idea that I, I had that I actively started working on. I was about a freshman in high school at that time. And uh, basically, you know, we, I was uh, a wrestler throughout high school. And, you know, basically after every one of our practices, I would, you know, drink a protein shake and uh, you know everyone's stomach would be getting full and it's not you know the most tasty thing in the world so basically had the idea of saying hey what if we made this a gum that you can just chew for you know the rest of the day or even while you're just walking or doing work oh, wow. and you can be getting protein while you do so so first that was the first business i started basically created a you know product there um, got ke chemists to actually create the formula for it um, and had a functioning product now at that time i was a little might have been a little too young, so it was uh, it was harder for me to actually get that one to market. But it gave me, you know, that was what really gave me um, the foundation for okay, like I went through all the steps, created a business plan, pitch deck, you wow. know, and I understood, you know, what it what it takes to actually get a company like started, right? Um, so then the second second project I worked on was also in high school um, called Rental, and that was the first. Rental. Rent all, yeah. I rent all, yeah. Okay. And so that was the first actual product that you know I launched, mm -hmm. uh, which was basically a marketplace, a peer-to-peer -peer mar marketplace where you could rent belongings off of uh, one another. Mm -hmm. um, so say you have you know this microphone laying around or you know a speaker system that you're not using every day, you could rent that out to other people for twenty or fifty dollars a day, um, and essentially start making some passive income off of whatever you have laying around in your house that you're yeah. not using yeah. actively. Uh, so that was the first product I created and essentially, you know, that's what really got me understanding, okay, this is how you create a tech company. Mm. And uh, when I went to uh, I went to college, wasn't able to work on that full time and do college at the same time. So, um, you know, I, I essentially knew, okay, I'm going to be creating my own company. But until that point, I want to get some more experience working with companies that have 
you know, reached out of that startup phase where they've gone to, you know, a million dollars a year in revenue, two million dollars a year in revenue. Um, and uh, I can see how their team is functioning, how they've built that team, the journey they've um, kind of taken to reach that point. Mm. So um, I went and worked in venture capital for about three years while I was in college. Oh, nice. Um, started as a you know, summer intern and then ended up working full time while I was in school for oh, some wow. of these funds. First one was Storm Ventures based Storm out of Ventures. yeah, it was based out of uh, Silicon Valley in Menlo Park. Um, so I was there for about two years and then I worked at MBX Capital, which was uh, based out of New York City, another early stage fund. And uh, that gave me a tremendous amount of experience. I was working and looking, uh, meeting with entrepreneurs who, you know, some of them just started this company but have had five successful exits in the past. Um, some of them were brand new founders that, you know, found a lot of traction, had a great idea and knew how to execute it. And they're doing $10 million a year in revenue uh, with their business. And that gave me, you know, kind of both perspectives of, okay, now I understand, I already understand how to do the whole startup phase of creating, you know, creating the company, uh, and then now I can see what that growth to market fit looks like and kind of how to get there. Wow. Um, so during the pandemic, um, I was still in school at the time. I was a senior in college at Emory University in Atlanta. Uh, I, uh, you know, saw this was during the pandemic. Basically, social media platforms were really rising yeah. and uh, primarily TikTok. And I was, uh, you know, kind of looking for new verticals for my VC fund on where we can be investing and what's kind of growing right now. And the celebrity monetization space was really growing. Companies like Cameo, Patreon, yeah, yeah, yeah. OnlyFans were really making a, a lot of progress at that time. Um, and uh, basically, you know, I was doing a market map on the celebrity monetization space. And at the same time, I would, you know, people were blowing up left and right on TikTok. Yeah. And I would see influencers that had, you know, a million followers, 1.2 million followers but they had their Venmo or Cash App link in their bio. Mm. And that's what was shocking to me because I can guarantee if either of us had a million and a half followers, we've yeah. got some sort of business built around it, if not you know, an 100%. empire, right? Um, so that's where I realized, wow, a lot of people are able to build these brands out of nowhere um, and they have no idea how to monetize. monetize and I did a ton of market research, interviewed over 100 people, 100 different you know, influencers at that time. That's kind of what the focus was when we first started the business. Mm -hmm. And I found out you know, that 88% of influencers make less than $50,000 a year, despite wow. the lifestyle that they're showing on the internet. You know, half the stuff they're doing on their Instagram story, they're getting for free. Yeah. But when it comes to their actual income, they can't even really make a full-time income off of that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what was um, really shocking to me. And I said, okay, there's an immediate need for this uh -huh. um, kind of uh, product. So basically, uh, that's where I got the idea to create fan bases. I ended up finishing school early, moving down to Miami um, immediately to work on it full time. Um, this was in late 2020 when I really started the business. And uh, basically, you know, we created fan bases, which is uh, essentially a marketplace where celebrities, athletes, influencers, and artists can sell experiences to their fans. So mm -hmm. on our platform, you can get anything from a one-on-one -on -one video call with Dennis Rodman to uh, a cooking lesson on how to make the perfect filet mignon with a master chef winner or a follow back on Instagram from a reality TV star or social media influencer, a shout out on their story. Um, and with some of the uh, larger celebrities and athletes we work with, we do in-person experiences as well. Oh, wow. Um, so like for, meet and greets. For example, yeah, meet and greets is kind of the most basic version of it. Okay. What we really want to do is you know, create experiences that are, you know, once in a lifetime opportunities that money typically can't buy, right? Mm. So we have one going on where you can play golf with Michael Vick at Miami Beach Country Club. Oh, wow. Um, or, you know, we had one in December where a fan won the ability to watch the Titans versus Eagles game with a bunch of ex-Titans players 
and uh, Pro Bowl winners like Chris Johnson, Pac-Man Jones, oh, wow. Landale White, Vince Young. And um, yeah, so you know, those are the kinds of things that we're looking to do. We had one that a fan went and sat ringside at a WWE match and um, you know, had lunch with Mandy Rose, you know, the WWE NXT champion at that time. So, um, you know, really exciting and cool stuff. We have a bunch of unique things really planned out too. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, realistically, we've made a tremendous amount of progress, especially in the last six to seven months, um, and uh, have organically blown up the brand. But you know, kind of take a pause there. <laughs> wow, this is this is epic. Let's backtrack for a little bit. I'm yeah. 14 years old. Mm -hmm. 14 years old with the idea of protein gum. Mm -hmm. Like that's not no typical 14 years old talk. <laughs> what unfair advantages did you have that got you to be thinking at that level? Because most 14 years old want to just go play basketball or do something funny and just hang out with their friends. Right, right. You know, what was different about you that got you to start thinking? Is it something that you inherited from your parents or have you grown up around the type of, you know, tech space that, you know, where do you get this mindset from? So I would say my parents definitely did play a role in it. My dad is a tech entrepreneur himself as well. Oh, wow. So okay. I kind of grew up around that and that's how... I got into, you know, understanding that I like the business vertical in general um, because I would be around him. And then also when I was, you know, even when I was 12 or 13 years old during the summers, I would help him out with his business and see, you know, at least just sit there and see, you know, kind of how he's making deals happen and stuff like that. And it was all really exciting to me. Um, and, uh, you know, at the same time, I was also a huge fan of, you know, different tech companies like Apple, especially Virgin. Richard Branson's one of my oh, biggest man. inspirations. I'm super obsessed with this yeah. guy. <laughs> so I would watch all of his interviews. Same with Steve Jobs. And uh, I really, you know, the one thing that really stuck with me is what I found with all these, you know, ultra successful entrepreneurs that have, you know, not only started a company and made, you know, anyone can go and make a couple million bucks selling some random B2B software. Yeah. Um, you know, but what these guys have done is really made a change in the world and changed 100%. a whole industry, created new industries and verticals, right? Where the, the impact that they've made is permanent. Um, and that's what was really exciting to me. It's like, okay, that's what I want to do, you know? Wow. Um, where, uh, yeah. And you know, what I realized is they, both of them, you know, took the customer first approach, which I think a lot of companies don't really focus on as much. They're trying to just That's land right. as many contracts as they can, form as many partnerships as they can. But making sure the customers that you have are in love with the product that you, you've created and are coming back every single day um, is you know, the most important thing. So after wow. we kind of, with fan bases too, found that product market fit of, hey, now we've got a ton of you know, customers that are purchasing experiences, I made the focus after that is how do we get these customers back in, right? Because mm -hmm. when we first started, you know, we only, obviously we had to start somewhere, um, we only had a hundred celebrities on our platform or, you know, celebrities, including athletes, artists. So every vertical, we had maybe a dozen people, a dozen right? People. And if, you know, you come onto our platform, you might only know one or two people or maybe no one, right? right, right. So people that were purchasing, they were purchasing because say, you know, an influencer that we have posts a TikTok or an Instagram story with the link to their page, their fans will purchase, you know, an experience from that page. And that was kind of where the cycle was ending. But now that we've got a couple thousand people on our platform and we've, we have access to most celebrities, um, that's when I was like, okay, we need to focus on getting these customers back into the door. Uh -huh. They obviously like the concept and let's show them what other really cool shit we have going on. Um, so, you know, that's where I was able to in the last, um, in the, this year alone, just year to date, uh, we increased our 
a customer retention rate by almost a thousand percent from what it was last year. Oh, wow. um, just by focusing on the customer experience, making sure the UX um, user experience was phenomenal. Um, you know, from every single step of the way, from as soon as they click on that link in the bio and go, oh, what's fan basis? Let me check it out. And we've organically growth hacked this whole business to where we're doing pretty solid, you know, numbers right now. And we spend zero dollars on actually marketing our platform. Everything is completely organic. Wow. Um, all of our growth, all the celebrities we have on our platform, all the stores we have, all the events we've done has been completely, you know, with zero cost of goods on any of that. Wow. Um, so, you know, taking unique social media strategies, leveraging the power of the brands of the people that we bring on to acquire more talent as well. Um, and things of that nature have helped us really grow. And uh, at that point too, you know, that's when it really made sense. Okay, let's start focusing on the customer experience as much as possible because we have, mm. you know, we want to create every fan that purchases from us. We want them to be, um, you know, talking about fan bases with people that they're around. And with the nature of our business, where if someone buys a virtual meet and greet with, you know, Ric Flair, they're going to go and tell all their friends about it, right? 100%. So if it's a good experience, they'll recommend their friends to buy it from us and that's check so it out true, too. So true. So that's kind of the model we did to really growth hack our business to this point so far. Uh, and now we're, now we're about to spend a lot of money, you know, marketing the platform going forward. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah. It's epic, man. A lot of exciting stuff. You know, one of the things that comes to mind, right, just listening to you, it's like, okay, you, are, you have been in a product pace since you got out of high school. You mm -hmm. had the unfair advantage of working inside a venture capital firm. That is, you know, where they pretty much break down a startup and see if it's worth investing into. So you had that unfair advantage mm -hmm. and it helped you work and launch your company, right? right? But imagine somebody that doesn't have, like, number one, didn't have the unfair advantage of having, like, okay, like, entrepreneurs, that, like, parents that are tech founders yeah. to get the initial bite of the bug, right? Yeah, of yeah. Creation and they have an idea. They have an idea. It's like, okay, I think this idea is... Because a lot of people have ideas, but yeah. only one out of every 10,000 or however yeah. many would ever materialize themselves to something substantial. What, like, how would you, like... Like, if you were to share with somebody something... What's the, you know, what's the way to get there after what's you have the, the idea? I have yeah. a great idea. Exactly. What do I do next? Yeah, 100%. And... I've been mentoring a couple of startups too that are, you know, some of them for free. Mm -hmm. um, some of them have brought me on as, you know, official advisors okay. to kind of help them with that. You know, um, I've got the idea. What do I do next? So yeah. I'll tell you, if you're a first time, you know, founder and you have an idea, this is basically, you know, the first few things you want to do. First thing mm -hmm. is after you got an idea, do market research, create a market research document, fill it up with. 15 or 20 pages of market research. Every single competitor in the space go through the interviews that their founders have had, especially all the direct, di direct competition, right? G figure out the timeline of that business. For example, with Fanbasis, our you know, biggest player in the space was Cameo. I saw what the CEO of Cameo did from day one um, to where they're at now and the whole journey because gives you a lot of insight. They do interviews like this where, 100%. you know, my competitors three years from now are going to be looking at, you know, what interview did Fanbase's founder do yep. and what information can we get out of that, right? Because I just provided a lot of information on how we've gone to our point. Um, so that's kind of leveraging the information that's readily available to you to help you form your own business strategy. And by no means am I saying go ahead and look at what they're doing and copy what they do. That's not at all what I'm saying. It's figure out what they're doing and see how you can do it better and get creative, think 
out of the box to create your own unique strategies that builds you know, a value proposition and a moat around not only your brand and your product, but around your strategy itself. Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, it's not something where every investor is going to ask you, you know, why can't someone else go and replicate this product? And you go, these are the five, four or five things we've done. This is why no one can replicate the strategy that we have and get growth as quickly as we have. Um, so first thing is market research as much as possible. Um, after that, second step is the business plan. The business plan. Um, find a business plan template on Google you know, and basically fill it up, you know, what's the marketing strategy going to be, what's your business model, what's your competition landscape look like, and uh, basic, you know, 10 things about the business that basically create a layout for execution. I will guarantee you that this business plan is not going to, your, your business is not going to go according to your business plan. A lot of shit is going to change. You're going to have to pivot some stuff, but this is where in that process itself of creating the plan, you come up with a million new ideas on, okay, this is how we're going to have to do it. You'll have to do a little bit of research too on certain steps and you'll learn new things. So it's, mm -hmm. you essentially use it as a learning process. As a learning process. And, and that's a, that way too, as a founder, you really understand your idea and what you know, your goals are going to be. You set you know, initial timelines for yourself, metrics, things of that nature, so that you have some sort of roadmap to kind of stay um, a part of. Now, after that, that's where, you know, it kind of depends on each separate case, right? Now you've got a business plan, you have an idea of, okay, you know, if I'm going to an investor, I can share that with them, say, this is what we're going to be doing. Um, ideally, if you can create a pitch deck too, now there's a ton of different, you know, free softwares utilizing AI where you can, you know, have, give, feed your business plan in there and someone will create a pitch deck for you instantly. Um, ideally, you know, that's something you can use when you're early on, but, um, uh, having a deck is also nice just for investment purposes if that's kind of what uh, what you want to do. If you're starting a tech company, most likely you're going to have to take investment. Um, yeah. If you're just a first-time founder, you haven't had a business before, um, unless you've already got access to a lot of capital. That way, you know, in that sense, you can do it yourself. And um, the next step is kind of doing that MVP launch, right? Uh, is, okay, I've got the idea now. Now let's get a bare-bones version of the product ready. For us, what I did, when I remember I told you I did, you know, interviewed over 100 people, yep. what we did was set up um, basic websites for each one of those, you know, a couple of those people, okay. right, a handful of them, where on fan basis, we've created a marketplace, right? But I said, right. okay, the inherent product that we're selling is experiences with these stores. Um, now, let's see if people even want to buy these experiences with the stores. Right. So that's what we did. We set up these bare-bone websites where people can go and just, you know, on a Shopify store, purchase an experience from someone and we'll do all the fulfillment manually. It doesn't have any of the bells and whistles that our, our actual product does. Mm -hmm. But that way we're like, okay, you know, now we know that our product works. People actually want to purchase this. If we do it properly, our sales will, you know, really increase and we'll get a lot more people. Um, so next wow. thing is creating an MVP, do it as in the most cost-efficient cost way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that way you can figure out, you know, if, if something, sometimes you have an idea and I've had this too happen to myself where I have an idea that I think is really going to work and I start testing it out and I realize, oh, maybe the, the problem there isn't as big as, you know, what I thought. And then you, the last thing you want to do, the reason a lot of startups fail, you know, over 85% of startups fail. The number, if you look, look it up, is going to say 93%, but it's realistically like closer to 85% of mm -hmm. um, startups fail is because either they you know, are entering a vertical that's too crowded um, or their solution is a solution to a problem that is not a, it, as big of a problem as what they thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. and, it's, you know, and if you create a company in a crowded vertical, that's probably the same exact reason that didn't work out, right? It's, there's already solutions to the problem that you're trying to solve. Um, so it's... a uh, 
uh, basically, you know, the MVP will allow you to understand if that, and I'm sure you know this as oh, well, 100%. you know, you've, you've done it yourself. The MVP is where you can really go. And it's, you know, it's an exciting period too, because if it really works, you're like, shit, like, let's yeah. go. You know, now it's time to really get it going. And at that point, uh, after you have the MVP, you know, it really depends. Do you have a tech product? Do you have a, you know, CPG brand? Do you have an e-commerce store? You know, kind of what is, whatever the situation is, that's when you really go and build the real product that you have. If it makes sense, if you're starting, you know, a marketplace, for example, you're going to need a lot of capital to be able to develop that marketplace. 100%. Not everyone has their, you know, a, a team that they can rely on or has even had experience with building out tech. And, you know, it's a learning process. If I started Fanbases from scratch today, um, you know, I've been working on it for three years. I think I can get all the progress that we've achieved in three years, you know, done within eight months just because of the experience that I've gained, the network that I've built out from it, um, you know, relationships have formed. And, uh, you know, mainly is just going through that process and seeing like there's a you know huge learning curve uh, when you're building out a product in a vertical that you haven't really you know explored prior to that. A hundred percent. So uh, yeah, you know that's kind of wow. I'd say the first few this steps. This is like are. A, literally like a, a roadmap from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah. Now, another question that came to mind when you was going through all of this is that you know most often time the people with the ideas are the people are people that doesn't have resources to even get things off the ground. Mm -hmm. Have you encountered like people or you, have you been part of a, an acquisition where you feel like, okay, somebody have a bare bone idea that that was able to like, you know, license, like license out, not license out, what trademark and turn it into cash for themselves and let or, or the other person run with the idea or that is not something you came across with. So, no, I 100% have. And even when we, when I was working in VC, we invested in companies that were started like that with you know, a founder that had no resources available to them and they figured it out. And, you know, that's something that I will respect more than anything because the entrepreneurial journey is not easy by any means whatsoever. 100%. And especially for, you know, I definitely had an advantage. I had, you know, a very solid education and a background and people, advisors that I could rely on to help me make key decisions. A lot of people don't have access to that. 100%. Um, and, you know, but at the end of the day, Today in 2023, there's more resources available to people than there ever have been. 100%. You know, if you have an idea and you really genuinely haven't had any experience in business, most people, you know, there's three types of founders essentially. Um, especially when you look at it from a venture capital angle, mm -hmm. the founder that you're looking for the most is the person that's exited three companies already successfully. Yeah. And you're like, I don't even give a shit what the idea is. We're going to give you money because we know it's going to work. Yeah. Right. You're betting best, on the arse. You're betting. Yeah, exactly. You're betting on the. You're betting on the uh, jockey. On the jockey. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the second is someone that, and this is a lot of cases of very successful companies, usually in the SaaS space, these are the founders, or they worked for a company, you know, for Oracle, Google, Amazon, and they identified a problem in the vertical that they were working in and go, okay, I'm going to leave this job to create a company um, that solves, you know, mm -hmm. solves that problem. And then they half the time end up selling it back to the company they work for. Um, but a lot of the times, you know, they just get a bunch of, you know, monthly or annual recurring contracts and they create a SaaS company out of it or a B2B company. And, uh, you know, those are, and, you know, a lot of cases too, it's just, you know, people that were working for a business, identified a problem and they go, okay, you know, I'm done with my job. I'm going to start my own thing. And the timing all works out and they, they founded uh, a product. The third kind of person, and this is the one that's most respect, respectable is Someone that really just, you know, hadn't had much prior experience, but they are just internally are very smart individuals mm -hmm. and they've got those entrepreneurial instincts and they, you know, took a product from zero to a hundred and were able to scale it up themselves. Now, 
if you don't have you know that background and you really need like more education on okay i have this idea what is the next step what i would say is apply to as many accelerators or incubators as you can mm. where you know if i was in a position where i didn't know what the steps were and i didn't have that experience from when i was 14 years old and 16 years old you know i think that would have made the most sense for me where then you have a whole network immediately and you have to give up a little bit of your you know, you know business. Equity, yeah. uh, but a lot of the times, like for example, with Y Combinator and Techstars, they'll make an investment into your company too. So you're getting yeah. access to capital, capital. as well. And uh, then and on top of- Experience resources as well. Exactly, they'll help you find you know, the next team members you have. So I'd say for people that really like, you know, have an idea, they want to do it and don't know what to do, um, you know, that's, that's the best thing to do. Uh, another thing I also think is important is uh, and it's not something that's easy. It's like, you know, before you start an idea, try to figure out a way to have some sort of cash flow coming in from other businesses, Ventures. creating an agency, you know, um, or something of that sort, um, providing value to people in one way or the other that, you know, that way you, you're not, uh, you're not, you know, freaking out every single day because you're like, how am I going to put food on the table? Um, and a lot of the reasons people, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that have ideas of what they want to start, but they're unable to do so because, you know, they have too many responsibilities, financial commitments, and are unable to, you know, take that leap because it would be risking too much. That you know, I, obviously for us right now, you know, we're both living by ourselves in Miami 100%. and, uh, you know, we have enough resources at our disposal. We don't have, you know, that many responsibilities besides building our businesses, right? Yep, yep. Um, I don't have a family to take care of at the moment. Same. So, <laughs> so uh, it, makes it, it makes it a lot easier for 100%. me to say, okay, I can try something out for three years. If it doesn't work out, okay, I'll figure it out. out. You know, I'll do something else. Exactly. Um, a lot of people don't have that luxury. So, you know, figuring out a way to keep a cash flow stream, a lot of people, um, that have started companies that I've worked with too, um, especially on the VC side of things. So like they started their company while they were at their job and they would, you know, it's a grind. And anyone that doesn't, that thinks like, you know, it's built into that nine to five mentality will never make it. It will yeah. never, never, never work. You can't do that. It just yeah. won't work. You work. need to be so passionate about your idea that it keeps you up until 3 a.m. and you're excited to work on it. Um, and you know, it really pays off when you see the traction and the progress and you see customers coming in, using your product, giving you testimonials saying, I love what you've built. It's really re rewarding. And that, you know, that at least for me really motivates me to keep 100%. building, growing it. Right. Um, and it takes a while to get there. You know, like there's been for every company that I've ever started, everything that I've you know, started, like it, there's a huge startup period. And in that time, it's a struggle and you go, why am I doing this? Do I, you know, is this even going to work out? Um, did I just burn a year of my life? And you know, those thoughts will come is just staying pers persistent. And you, if you understand and you truly believe in the idea, most likely it, it will probably work. Um, and uh, you know, getting that market research, if you do all the right steps and you actually validate it, and it's not just going on your gut, you know, then, then, there's a, then I would say all you really need to do is stay dedicated to it and be persistent. If you have a job at this moment, start a company in your free time, you know? Um, yeah, and you know, from your nine to five, from six to, you know, 3 AM, you should be working on oh, this yeah, idea on brand, yeah. until you get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm ready to take this leap. I know this is going to work. I validated it, you know, creating the, the early steps I just outlined, like, like the business plan, business you know, plan. the market research, the deck, like that's all stuff that you can do in your free time. It's not like, you know, I'm, I'm saying go and secure a thousand clients while, you know, you're working a nine to five at the same time, you know, it's get that bare bone product made, get, you know, something. Uh, working and then you can go and take that leap and 
at the end of the day, you know, you are taking a risk. Don't get me wrong. Every, you know, every business is a it's, risk. It, they're all risks. That's why venture capital itself is, you know, you make, the firm I was working at, they make 10 bets a year and they assume nine of them are going to fail, but they want that one that's going to be a home run, right? Yep, yep. Um, and uh, that's kind of how it, you know, how it works. And obviously, if you got that foundation and you really do believe in the idea, you know, and you're something you're passionate about, you have to build out a team that, you know, also believes in that same vision that you have. They need to believe in you as a leader. And if you don't have, you know, not everyone has that kind of personality where they can be a leader, right? Yep, um, yep. Some people are, you know, you might just be a tech nerd and you have an idea and you need to find some CEO who will get your whole team believing in your vision for the product. And uh, everyone's working towards the same exact goals. Everyone's motivated, motivated by the same thing. Um, and that's, you know, extremely, an extremely important part of the process too. Wow, this is this is like a kind of a unique, unique type of podcast, right? Because every single person we have on the have had on the on the podcast so far is like business, actual like digital marketing, solar, right, right. this, this, but tech product, which is like my line. Mm -hmm. It's always been uh, incredible to have a conversation with somebody that is in that vertical. And if you're talking to somebody that doesn't understand product. You show them a product, it's like, okay, how long have you been working on this? You're two and a half years. And how much have you made? Zero. And they're like, <laughs> probably need to do something else. You know? <laughs> uh, just listening to you, I, I, like, it gives me like a great perspective and understanding of like, if you believe in it, just keep going. No matter, no matter. Exactly. No matter what the, the, how long the journey, journey is, when you believe in the destination, you're never going to quit. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I was actually, you know, speaking with a buddy of mine yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, he's 21 years old, probably the wealthiest 21-year-old kid I've ever met in my life. Wow. And uh, absolutely killing it. What industry is it in? Um, so is in the e-commerce and agency, you know, industry. He's okay. got a marketing agency, um, one that I'm going to be referring you over to. Oh, nice. And, um, and he also, did, you know, creates a bunch of e-commerce stores. And we had the same conversation with him where he's, you know, obviously ultra successful at what he does, especially for his age, you know, in the point point oh oh one percent. And, uh, you know, he's like, OK, like this will make me, you know, 20 or 30 million bucks over the next, you know, couple of years if I keep sticking with this. But he's like, what? how do I get to the next level? And, you know, he's realizing, too, now he's like cash flow is amazing. But where is the value that you can generate, you know? And where's the real exit value coming from? And the only way to really do that is to go into the startup space. Like yeah. you can have an agency and look, you know, maybe you'll get it to hundred K in profit a month or even a million bucks in profit a month. But after like, you know, after a while, like what's the next step there? There's so much, only so much you can evolve. And when you go to sell it, you're getting maybe a two X or a three X on your, you know, EBITDA yeah. where with the startup, you know, my company, we raise money at a 10 X value, 10 X of our, you know, Valuation. year, year long revenue. Um, yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, when it comes to the long game there, the only way to really achieve like true, true, you know, wealth. And that's obviously a relative term to anyone that you speak with. 100%. You know, you speak to a homeless man, they're going to say that having a thousand bucks is being wealthy in your bank account. You speak to someone that sold their company for 50 million bucks, they're going to think they're probably going to think that they're poor. Yep. And, you know, because they're hanging around with a bunch of you know, people that are worth the billions of dollars. Um, so, you know, it's all relative. But when you really go to achieve that true wealth, and it's it really depends on the ambition you have. I think that's the most important thing. And I think that's where a lot, that's what, you know, most people, 99% of people in America lack. And that's why I really connect with people well when they have, you know, same kind of vision 
for their life and the ambitions of what it is. You know, even if I meet someone that's completely broke right now and I see that they have that ambition there, and that's most of the people that, you know, I mentor myself um, because I want them to succeed, is, you know, I know they're going to make it eventually because they have a vision for it. They're going to keep working for it. Even if it takes them 10 tries and they fail 10 times in a row, eventually they'll get there. 100%. and uh, that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's all it's about. And if you really want to, you know, create something that's massive, like like what I was saying before, like that changes the way, you know, people do things, changes the way the world works. The only way to do that is by creating like a, you know, a legitimate startup that you can scale to, you know, have millions and millions of people using your platform. And yeah. that way you've created a real brand around yourself. A hundred percent. You know, like I've, you know, I'm originally from West Africa, right? When I came to the state and saw, like started everything from marketing seeing okay how you can leverage other people's skill and increase your product line your mm-hmm. your service line and uh, first time tapping into development i'm like okay if i have this incredible team what can i do mm-hmm. i like because i believe that if you want to create that impact and the wealth that we are talking about you need to have something that can be evaluated at 10x minimum if mm-hmm. you exit and exactly. that software so in in 20, 2018, 2019 is when I first committed to software. Mm-hmm. And I'm on my fourth, fourth software. Yeah, fourth right. software and every single one of them, like one of the first one is account books, accounting and inventory tracking. Uh-huh. I worked on it for like a year and a half and I hit a roadblock. Right. Because there was products that was out there much better than my product. It was too saturated of yeah, space. Yeah, it's too saturated of a space. QuickBooks was pretty much <laughs> doing literally what I wanted to do, right? Right. So you go through that, those journey, and it takes a lot of resilience to keep at it. Yeah. Some product, you think it's going to be done in a year, and it's end up two years, three years, and it's still not done. Yeah. How, like, have you had this type of, you know, delay in, the, like, let's say extension, extension in delivery, product delivery? Absolutely. How did you deal with, with, with those situations? Absolutely. Every single product I've ever worked on, if a development team gives you a timeline, you add at least 50% extra to it at the bare minimum. At the bare minimum, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, even with uh, fan basis, when I first went to launch our... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, launch MVP. our app or mm-hmm. our website uh, after we did our MVPs, you know, the development team said, okay, in six months we can get you a marketplace that's built out, two-sided marketplace where users can do all the features that you guys have imagined. We had a good amount of features, don't get me wrong. We're, mm-hmm. you know, we've built out the largest tool set for monetization of any platform on the internet. Wow. Um, um, and, uh, you know, basically these developers were saying, okay, this is my first time working with um, this team. They're saying, okay, it's going to take six months. Ended up taking over a year. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously some things factor into it. You get new ideas for stuff you want to add. You want to pivot to some aspects of the product a little bit, but at the end of the day, the delays are very frustrating and it's hard when, you know, when you are waiting on your product to be built to like start, you know, progressing the business in other ways. It's hard to make a partnership with a different firm when, or with an agency or a management firm, especially in our case, when you don't have anything to really show them besides, you know, a couple of screenshots and mock-ups of exactly. what you want to get built. Um, so it's, uh, it's tricky and, you know, navigating it, I would say, is like do everything in your power to grow the business in whatever other ways you can. For, for us, for example, is I got, you know, I created like a wait list of beta users and mm-hmm. I created demand for the product in that way, saying, hey, we're going to be launching this product. We're making an invite only to a couple of people for when we first launch it. And that way I'm getting, you know, the supply side of our, our marketplace, you know, yeah, excited about it and built out. Um, so that's kind of what we did. So then when we launched, you know, we already had um, 
25 people that were excited to use the platform that we launched with. Oh, wow. So that's kind of, uh, you know, that's what I would say. But it's, it's tricky. Like, you're going to face delays. Like, and, like, honestly, with most things that you do, you face delays. Now, what I will say, and with relationships that I formed where, you know, we were the underdog and we were the smaller company and they were giving us, you know, a chance to prove ourselves as fan bases, I would say make sure that none of the clients you work with ever think of your company as someone that's going to be a delay. You know, for mm -hmm. us, for example, like um, the first big athlete that we got on our platform was Dennis Rodman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was a partnership. We partnered with the largest um, sports memorabilia wholesaler um, outside of Fanatics uh, in the U.S. And uh, they basically have relationships with, you know, hundreds of athletes in the NBA, MLB, NFL, and are, you know, doing signings with them for all the sports memorabilia seven to ten times a week mm -hmm. and they have relationships and basically we partnered up there where i said hey you know you've got relationships with all of these athletes and you know celebrities and artists that you do signings with um you know you make a killing doing you know your own vertical what if you can expand your revenue streams and leverage those relationships that you have to make money off of digital experiences as well utilizing our platform and they go yeah yeah okay let's you know try it out i'll give you one person they, we built out a full website for them within three days. Wow. And they expected us to take about a month to do so. And we came, you know, full, we got whole website done for doing a, a sweepstakes with Dennis Rodman, where basically fans can enter for a chance to, you know, have a steak dinner with him in Chicago. And mm. uh, did that in three days, got all of the marketing materials made, started, you know, creating campaigns on social media platforms for advertising that, and basically went back to the, you know, the partner that we have, who's, you know, we're one of our closest partners now that we work with on a weekly basis um, and said, hey, we're ready to go. You know, we're basically going to be the um, most efficient team you've ever worked with in your life. And that's what locked it in for him, for, wow. for us. And that was huge for us, too, because that created a massive snowball effect, especially on the athlete side, where we were able to leverage the name that now we have Rodman on our platform, we can get other athletes onto our platform as well. 100%. Um, so, you know, uh, that's what I would say is like always, always, you know, especially in situations where people, uh, you're the underdog or you're a new company, over deliver. Over -deliver. Even when I worked, you know, as an intern, I would over deliver everything. If someone asked me for, you know, a brief like half page product or research on a company or something like that, I'm giving them a full three page report on every single insight that I can get in a quicker timeline than they ask for. Wow. And you have to, you know, obviously be like quick with the way that you think and you have to be smart and strategic about things. But when you do that, people will always come back to you and always want to work with you. Even if you're trying to level up in your job and you're not ready to start your own business, you know, take that perspective. Don't just do the bare minimum. You know, that's something that like, I will never ever hire anyone to ever work for a company that I am a part of if that's the mentality. Every single person on my team works, or, you know, works harder than what their job description entails. They do more than that. Everyone is always trying to come up with new ideas. We work as a team because we all have the same, you know, we all have different skill sets. Everyone has their own specialized skill sets, which makes, you know, the whole team structure so complementary to each other. 100%. But at the end of the day, everyone still has that same level of ambition, same exact grind and hustle and, um, you know, and uh, willingness to work, the motivation to do so. Um, and that's what, you know, one of my main values is. If I find someone that is an extremely hard worker, even if they're not, you know, they don't have as many skill sets as the next guy or, you know, they aren't extremely qualified, I'll bring them into my business because I know they'll contribute value or they'll 100%. try their hardest to. 
And uh, usually, you know, anyone like that, you're able to figure out a way to have them work with you because they're do they're willing to do whatever it takes. And 100%. that's that's what you really need as an entrepreneur of any sort. Even if you know you don't need to necessarily be the guy that starts your own thing. Like, yeah. uh, you know, only a certain amount of people can do that, and you have to have a, a level of them. You know, ambition and a lot of the times experience to do experience so too. Experience and thick skin. Yeah, it's thick it's, it's skin, thick yep. skin. It's not fucking easy by any means whatsoever. Crazy. Um, but you know, uh, like even my company right now, like I have not. We're doing extremely well. I still have not made a single cent out of this company for myself. You know, all the money gets re reinvested back into the business just to keep growing it and growing it. And I'll make money eventually when we, you know, when we exit. 100%. And that's what will make it worth it, you know. 100%. Uh, but at the same time, I'm able to build my personal brand out of that. I'm connected with tons of, you know, other extremely successful entrepreneurs, either in my space or outside of my space, that come and call me up for advice because they know that I'm, you know, achieving a lot of success on what I'm working on. They want to hear new perspectives. Um, another thing I like to do, and something I would say to every single person as well that's watching this, is find ways to add value in whatever situation that you have that that's not expected of you, right? So if I connect with someone for the most part, right? If I go and you know someone makes an introduction, say you introduce me to someone and I go and get a coffee with them or get lunch with them, right after that I will make four to five different introductions for them in whatever ways I think you know. Hey, connect with this guy. Um, either they'll be able to help you out with your business, they can be a potential client for you, or you guys are both just working on cool shit or working in the same vertical. Just connect and see if you guys have mutual connections, and he can maybe do the same thing for you, right? That's epic. And that, that way, you know, it's not like it's not even for the reasoning of oh, now this guy owes me a favor. Mm. It's it's more of if you keep doing that, it will always come around. And all it takes is one introduction to change your life. You meet one person, it changes your life. Hundred um, percent. You land one partnership, it changes your whole company's you know um, trajectory. Tra trajectory. So. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of, it takes one investor, one person to believe in you for you to really get to the next level there and for you to be able to achieve and actually build out your dream. 100%. Um, so, you know, that's something that I think like there's the, the thing that upsets me about most about like what I see with people in America in general is like everyone gets so satisfied with the, what they do and so comfortable with what they're doing. And, you know, then you kind of get into that cyclical cycle of, now, you know, you're living a life that's just the same exact thing on a day to day. You're not progressing that much in your career. Okay, maybe five years from now, I'll get that promotion that I'm looking for. And I make, you know, 20% more, but my employer is making way more money than just for me working there. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, for every business I have, I have employees as well, but I like to structure it in a way where everyone's eating at the same time as the 100%. business grows. You know, they're, they're motivated too because they've got a skin in the game of some Fact. sort. Fact. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's like you can't get comfortable with what you're doing. No. Even after, even if I sell, you know, when I sell fan bases for half a billion dollars, I'm going to maybe take a month to go and travel. And after that, you know, Definitely I've got 10 work. ideas in my head of what I can do right afterwards. 100%. Um, and uh, it's, it's always like, you know, it's, you can't get comfortable. And at the end of the day, like, you know, obviously we're all working towards a goal of, you know, you, know, you want to have a great life for the family that you have in the future for yourself. You want to be able to have the freedom to do. For me, it's I want to be able to do whatever I want. You know, that's 100%. why I want to create wealth. If I, you know, decide that I want to take a jet to Monaco right now, I want to be able to do so. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, it's everyone has their own different goals. If some people just want to travel the world, whatever it might be. But in order to do that, you have to also, you know, 
re, like take a lot of risk and put in a tremendous amount of work. I mean, you know better than anyone. Like, this is it's it's much much easier to go and get a job and have oh. your defined roles and you know make a certain amount of income that gets you to whatever basic lifestyle that you want to live and do the bare minimum there than it is to go and say, hey, I'm going to start this and. <laughs> It's, fail a bunch of times. It's crazy. It's like willingly jumping into a ring to get a face punch over and over again. Exactly. You know, like when I sit down and think about it, is it's all about impact, right? Impact and fulfillment. You know, you can go get a job and make ten thousand dollars a month or whatnot, live on three thousand or four thousand basic, and be like a regular person, right? But you, we often have, you hear people say money is not everything, mm -hmm. but I would love to hear that, oh, somebody helped somebody that was right. in, in big, big, big trouble, like families that cannot have food or whatnot. Absolutely. And, you know, money is not everything, but it's saved somebody, saved people, life trajectory. You have the ability to do so if you 100%. create wealth, right? And not only that, it's like in the process of, you know, even not, not even creating wealth, it's just finding success. You can't be chasing wealth. Or else you'll never be successful. You have to chase the idea of success. success whatever you work on, you know, for me, it's like whatever I work on, I want it to be, you know, gold. So after I've started five different companies, anyone that sees me, you know, speaking or sees me, um, you know, starting a new company, they'll all want to be in on it because they know whatever you work on is going to, they'll figure out a way to find success, right? 100%. Um, you know, that's like what I was, the example I was giving you earlier, the venture funds, like they're ideal person to invest in is that serial entrepreneur who sold five companies already because they know that that guy's going to figure it out. 100%. Um, and when you find success and you, you know, have that ambition, uh, ambition to really create something of your own in whatever vertical it is, whatever capacity it is, you know, I'm not saying everyone needs to have the idea of, let me go and create the next Amazon or the next Google. But even if you want to go and create, you know, uh, your own smaller business of a store, a sort or an e-commerce brand or whatever it might be, it's, you know, you, you just need to focus on how can I make this as successful as possible. And throughout that process, you'll gain a network of people that are like-minded doing the same thing. When you're providing value for others, you know, you'll get introductions. And then when you actually do have wealth and you have exited or, you know, created a tremendous amount in profits, now you've got a network of people that you can, you know, leverage to achieve whatever the next goals you have are. 100%. Or, you know, help other people in that sense. Um, and you see, you know, billionaires doing, doing it all the time. I mean... 50% of them are doing it for the tax write-off. 50% of them actually care. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's a goal of mine, too. I was talking about it the other day um, where, like, you know, I want to create, like, a charity that, that eventually, you know, a whole nonprofit that, you know, serves different kinds of um, initiatives and populations um, for, you know, like what we were mentioning, like those people that have ideas that and have. they want to get their, you know, feet off the ground. It's like I love seeing that kind of that stuff kind of happen because, you know, people are getting kind of more and more out of that um, comfort zone and out of their comfort zone. They're going to they're willing to take that risk to go ahead and build something of their own and achieve, you know, their own goals. A hundred percent. You know, like one of the things that is less heard about is the challenges and the like the challenging challenges and entrepreneurship because people only see the lifestyle, the beautiful apartments, the mm -hmm. cars, luxury cars, the luxury trips, but they don't 
get to see what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, have you had, like, me, I personally had a moment that I would just sit and I don't know what's happening. Like, and my, like, my tears are just running sometimes because of, like, you feel like you're almost there. Like about to combust. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, literally, you're almost there and there is no gas in the tank. Nothing at all. And you cannot, like, you know you just need one more mile. That's, and you that's what you got to remind yourself of. You know? Yeah. You're always... You know, most of the time you're always one step away from getting to that next level. Yeah. And if you're a person that never gets satisfied, you'll always have that stress, which is good. It fuels yeah. you, you know, to an extent. It's really stressful sometimes. You feel like jumping off the balcony half the time. Yeah. But when you do get those, <laughs> when you do get those wins, it feels way better. <laughs> you know what's funny? The idea, it's like I tell everybody, right? Like, Building solid relationship is very important mm -hmm. because you have to fa have something, a purpose much bigger than, like, much, a much bigger purpose of you behaving in a certain way than just because of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. If you have, like, great, like a, lot, a great relationship with your family and a lot of friends that you have great relationship with, and you often think about how what situation there would be in if they figure if they realize that you did something that like like jumping off the balcony for instance, right, right right how would their the, the life be yeah, every single yeah. person in your life right and always uh, I was talking to a friend earlier about that uh, that aspect you just don't get to make a decision just because for your right it's selfish your yeah, yeah, yeah. It's selfish you have to think about everything else that is concerned but I want I want I want you to touch a little bit on what was was there any moment where you feel like literally this is the last this is like the last shot like elon musk fourth like spacex launch right mm -hmm. where he said that was the last one if that have went bust there was no other option available yeah right have you had those moments where you feel like okay this is this is the last try this is like everything all the resources all the chips are on the table it this need to work or a thousand percent, yeah. Um, actually happened, you know, beginning, uh, end of 2021 for me. Wow. Where, um, you know, we basically were like running out of funding. We built our MVP. We're still getting, we're struggling to find like product market fit. We still only were able to get, you know, a, couple, a hundred something celebrities on our platform. And we were doing, you know, like less than 5,000 a month in revenue. Wow. Right. And that was literally, it's, you know, less than a year and a half ago and we were running out of money in the bank and i was like damn this is you know yeah got two weeks left and then that's gonna be it like there's we can't even pay the bills to function anymore but it's more about like keep on remembering you're only one step away can you leverage your network how can you be smart about it and you know i was able to leverage my network to get you know that next um call and find that investor that believes in the vision and then they kept the company afloat and now they're going to be the ones that get rewarded the most out of it 100%. too. Um, so it's uh, it, it it will happen. I think with any venture that you start, it'll probably happen. You know, um, and uh, especially if you're a first-time entrepreneur, like it's almost guaranteed. Like you will get that at some point. 100%. Like I I've met with over a hundred different entrepreneurs and founders, and everyone says the same thing. Like they've yeah. all been there. Everyone's like number one. Um, you know, number one advice is keep going, keep grinding, keep, keep working grinding, at it. And eventually it will happen. Like it will, like you're guaranteed to find success if that's what you're really looking for. It's so like if you're looking for cash, like 
you're not guaranteed to find that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you'll take shortcuts to do that. You know, you want to create something that like you, you know, from my perspective, at least everything that I create, I would want um, my personal brand to be associated with it 100%. Um, to the point where, you know, people go, okay, wow, I just used fan basis. That's Yasha's thing. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, if you're, you know, going to just get as many, you know, clients as possible and create quick cash, that's all you're going to get. It's quick cash. And like I said, it's all relative, you know, at the end of the day, what are you looking to achieve? If it's wealth, even the concept of wealth is all relative to, you know, what your upbringing was, um, what you saw. Did you see that, you know, you saw a guy driving that BMW 3 Series and you're like, oh, when I'm, you know, 50 years old, 50 years old I want that. Let me figure out how I can get, you know, 50 grand made so I can go and buy that car or buy these shoes, buy that Gucci belt or whatever it is, right? And, you know, that limits you so much. And also, like, it's bad for your mental um, perspectives on things that where, happens. you know, it limits the amount you'll actually achieve because you're only focusing on these, like, short-term materialistic goals. And at the end of the day, you know, your goal has to be become the best version of yourself, achieve as much as your potential is. Um, or you're going to be stuck in that cycle. And you might get, you know, might be able to buy that BMW, but you're never getting that Rolls Royce. It's not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, yeah. you know, it depends on what you want and people, some people, you know, it's, they get happy with just living a basic life, which is fine. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, if you, you know, are living that basic life and you do have goals and you said, oh, you know, when I was 18 years old or when I was in college, like I dreamt of, you know, doing this or starting this, those are the people that should really have this message resonate with them. 100%. And, you know, think about it. Like, you know, there is a way to get there. You just actually have to actively take steps to do so. And, you know, you, you will get stuck if you're not taking those steps to do so. Like being comfortable is so easy. It's the easiest thing in the world. 100%. You get set up with, you know, whatever role that you have. And, uh, and that's it. I was actually, I had to get my car towed the other day. And uh, I had a flat tire to get my car towed. And I, um, you know, basically I was just like, yo, I want to get this taken care of as soon as possible. I hopped in the, in the truck with my tow truck driver and said, just bring me with you. I want to get this resolved in the next 20 minutes, right? And on the way there, he was asking me about what I do. I showed him, you know, all the businesses that I have. And he was like, damn, man. He's like, I've been, you know, I've been thinking about starting my own trucking company instead of working for this one. He's like, I know exactly how it works. And he's two years older than me. And wow. that's what he, um, you know, that's what he took as the biggest motivation was like, wow, you're 23. He's like, I didn't even think this was possible to do, um, you know, when you're, when you're younger. And uh, he was like, all right, like, he's like, this is it. You know, I basically, I sat with him for 20 minutes after that. I helped him set up his LLC while we were in the car. I had my computer on me, <laughs> helped him set it up and uh, showed him a roadmap. I was like, look, if I was in your position, this is what I would do to make it happen. And uh, yeah, he's been That's calling me every week, you know, giving me updates on his journey and it's exciting. Powerful. Yeah, so it's, uh, everyone can do it. Everyone's, you know, most people have that mentality and like have those goals within them. They just haven't taken that leap. It's scarcity, right? Like this is, you know, when somebody asks me, what's your purpose? Every, we always have the question of purpose, right? My, I'll tell you my purpose is to inspire and empower. Mm -hmm. Inspiring people with my story, empower yeah. them with my product. Right. Right. And when what, what you just mentioned right now is that you give that person a story mm -hmm. yeah story exactly and they're like wow it's possible mm -hmm. 
like I tell people, like I have a concept that I call the stop loss, right? What's your stop loss? Mm -hmm. In the market, your stop loss is determining how long you're willing to stay in the market, mm -hmm. right? Right. When your stop loss is low, really low, it gives you in a, lot, a, lot, a lot of chances, like give you more chances to stay in the market mm -hmm. for longer. Right, right. And when I came to this country, I set that up as my stop loss. Yeah. Being in the country, number one, not speaking the language. Mm -hmm. Number two, not knowing anybody. That's and crazy. Number That's two, so tough. Number three, like with $2,000 on my name. Yeah. That's like my stop loss. I step in this country, this, and I set that up as my stop loss. Yeah. And it's something that I'm never going to go back to, right? Uh -huh. So I'm floating. Right. Any day. It doesn't right. matter what happened, I'm floating. Right. Because now I speak the language. Mm -hmm. I'm not a lot of cool people, mm -hmm. powerful people, and we have a lot more cash. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So it's like... Whatever shows up in front of you, just go ahead and I mean, you are into it. You got that biggest, you know, underdog story that you can get. It's the American dream, essentially, of you came here with looking for opportunity, did whatever it took. Right. You know, you told me you struggled. You, you oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And when you see, when like people think that it's not possible, right? And what I consistently want to share throughout these interviews and podcasts is that it doesn't matter where you are you're now going to be as low as where I was because you're in the country and you speak English. It's at the end of the day, main message I'm going to give to anyone listening to this is don't be a lazy fuck. Don't get comfortable. <laughs> work, work and be strategic. You had, you know, all you had that vision and you were able to, you did whatever it took to make it happen. A hundred percent. And uh, you're still working towards it. A hundred percent. And the thing about it is that people see that, oh, your life is good, but according to whose perspective exactly it's all relative it's all relative because every single day you wake up and imagine you have like a project that you have worked on for the last three years and you had an opportunity to present it like one of my product tau theme i went to an event i spoke at the event i was i was speaking at the event to present the product and 30 minutes before the event my server crashed uh-huh. Right, right. And you know you're going to be on stage in, 50, in, t in 30 minutes. Yeah. And they keep asking you for your slides. <laughs> and there's no slide to show. So I just went up there and tell them about my story. And uh -huh. guess what? That turned on to have a much bigger It impact. probably worked better, yeah. Right? <laughs> and these type of things going to happen to you. You're going to find yourself in a situation where you feel like the odds are all against you. Anything you do doesn't, like, it, you just, it's just hard to have the breakthrough. But what happened a lot of time, we don't know enough to understand that that might be our blessing. Right, right, That right. might be our blessing. You, know, you might realize it a year later or five exactly. years later. And the success that you was expecting, you was thinking about, that might have been your biggest downfall mm -hmm. because that would have deviated you from the actual journey that's going to make you as successful and as fulfilling mm -hmm. as your life can be. Right, so right. So at the end of the day, when you think about your current situation, think about it as, you know, don't let the current situation affect your uh, your mood in the sense that you know when things are really really good you're all excited and you're all riled up mm -hmm. and you make irrational decisions right i've done that in the past right and it right. costed me massively and when things are not good you crawl and you let yourself down because you don't feel motivated enough you don't feel like you have the drive enough you you, you get crippled yeah. And it happened to me as well. So ultimately, what you want to do is be able to center yourself no matter what are the circumstances you are going through. Try to stay centered as much as possible and always think about the end goal Absolutely. that you are expecting. Right. It's and when absolutely. you can stay in the end goal, 
there is a head mallet. Uh, is it head mallet or Tim Grover said that if the process, if the result, if the result, if the end result, if you're obsessed enough with the end result, the process becomes irrelevant. I think it's uh, Tim Grover. Mm -hmm. So keep your eyes on the end result and keep focusing on it. Whatever is happening on the sideline, like bad day, good days, just start to stay as focused as possible and the breakthrough will eventually happen. 100% agree, 100% agree. Bro, this is good, we can keep this going. <laughs> let's, let's wind it down a little bit. Okay. You know, like, as an entrepreneur, you have a, like, your fair share of bad days. Mm -hmm. What do you do when you are in this type of, when you are, you are having a day, right, that is not so good? What do you use as upliftment? Do you decide to, like, step away for a little bit? What do you do? Because I think it's something that a lot of people can really benefit from. Yeah, so... Um, a hundred percent and it happens, you know, probably once a month, if not more, you know, mm -hmm. where you have a day where like whatever relative perspective you have is going to shit or, you know, you have five problems that appear out of nowhere, you know, your server crashes and, yeah. you know, you have users that are trying to buy stuff and you're like, what the hell am I going to do now? Exactly. Um, and, uh, it's funny, like one, what I always remind myself is, wow, it's half the problems that I have that come up are also blessings in disguise because, um, you know, a year from now, I would have um, killed to have a problem where I have too many users coming to my platform and, you know, my app is crashing or not able to handle that load, right? Um, so it's kind of remembering that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And two is like, you know, like things get frustrating and things get stressful a lot. It's like figuring out how you like personally can manage your stress well. I think it's something that every entrepreneur needs to figure out and it's not, there's no like framework for it. Like, 100%. you know, I have friends that go and like meditate every time they have, uh, you know, a, a problem. I have a friend that goes and puts on blindfolds and listen to an audiobook um, when they're trying to de-stress. Um, for me personally, it's usually what I do is, um, you know, what I either I go and meet with my team if that's something that's possible. I mean, we get everyone on a call and say, hey guys, like, let's talk through this. Let's all brainstorm as a group. Um, see what ideas we can come up with. Um, or in certain situations, if it's something that's more, you know, reliant on myself to do that, mm -hmm. um, either I go and just, you know, wipe out the rest of my day, I'll move my clothes and I'll whiteboard stuff that's, you know, okay, like, you know, relevant to the situation at hand and also just in general, like, let me whiteboard what our product roadmap's going to be and get myself excited and keep myself, you know, extremely motivated for the future and, um, and things of that nature calling I think having trusted advisors is something that everyone needs to have mm. um, you know ex experienced entrepreneurs successful entrepreneurs that are willing to you know help you out for free or even for advisory equity every single person I've ever bought on as an advisor that actually has equity in any of my businesses uh, provided me with a tremendous amount of free value first before I gave them anything they never asked for anything if someone asked me for something you know after they give me the very little bit or um, they're like, oh, you know, I'm this person, give me this before I do anything for you. I'll never work with them because I know that's all they care about is 100%. getting, extracting value, right? 100%. I want people that give value the same way that I do 100%. to most people that I meet. I'll make, you know, connections for free. Like I had, I had a guy that I thought was my friend, you know, friends for a while that, you know, he started making introductions for me and, um, and then he's asking me for referral fees, which I was more than happy to give him. You know, don't get me wrong, like if you make, you know, you help me with business, I'll always take care of someone. Like if you make an introduction and you don't even ask me for something, I'll still take care of you because you made something happen for me 100%. and progress my business and my career. Um, I'll always take care of those people. Um, not, not because they're asking for it, just because to show them, you know, appreciate I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but there's people that will go and, you know, like, you know, there's 
people that you think you're friends or are connections and you figure it out quickly as, as you work as an entrepreneur I'm sure you felt oh, you faced several situations like this too where it's like all right like yeah you know we can we can make this work this one time but you're missing out on working with me and having this relationship with me in the long run because I would have made you way more money right. when exactly. we would have worked together for for a long period of time Short, right short-sighted people Sure, yeah, and there's so many people, especially in Miami, dude, like, oh, so many people are short-sighted, like, everyone is just trying to get to that next, you know, step, or get that quick cash, or, you know, get that BMW, like what I was saying. Um, it's a very materialistic place to live in, and most big cities are, you know, LA, New York, New York a little bit less, but yeah. there's still people like that there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, you know, I, I think the other thing is, like, an entrepreneur is, like, Figuring out the people that you're going to surround yourself with is extremely important. Oh, 100%. Um, I've had, you know, so many different kinds of friend groups. You know, I originally, because of, uh, I moved around, I went to a bunch of different schools as well. Um, you know, I left midway through high school. I was in New Jersey. I came to Florida midway through high school, you know, had to make completely new friends. Um, after that, you know, in college, I hold a different friend group. And, you know, what I've realized in that friend group I have right now, um, every single one of my friends that are close friends, like the people I'd say, hey, let's go grab dinner with, every single person has that same exact ambition and vision. That and has I, to. And that I has think to. that is the most important thing because, oh, you know, I used to be even a little bit more comfortable when I had friends that were more comfortable um, too. And they were just, you know, their goals were so like short-sighted in a sense and they're all looking to just do that, that next thing, but they don't have a vision for what they want their life to be, what they want their career to be. And they don't want to, they don't care about achieving, you know, true success for themselves. They're, and I think that's the most important thing is like just having the friends that I have right now has made my business more successful, not because of, you know, they've got connections that they've introduced me to or advice that I've gone out of them. It's surrounding yourself with people that have the same mentality where, you know, I'll go to St. Bart's for a weekend with them or I'll go to Bahamas for a weekend with them. We're all grinding during the day. We're all bouncing ideas off each other's heads for completely unrelated businesses. And they yeah. hear me on a phone call and they're like, yo, like if I was you, I would go back to that client and say this, this and this. And you might be able to, you know, close them or, you know, say uh, I spoke to an investor and they're like, hey, what if you presented your ideas in this way? Mm. Um, and it's not even that aspect of it. It's, you know, then after they give me that value, they go back to what they're doing and I can give them value as well. And it's not even like the concept of like bouncing ideas off of each other. It's just the fact that like everyone's working towards similar goals and has that same vision. And you see, you know, you know your friends start doubling the amount of money they're making in, you know, uh, and you're not getting jealous about that. You're getting excited exactly. because your friend Fire group, up, yep. yeah, we're all working towards the same goal. Um, you know, as a, as a group, we're all elevating towards, you know, something greater to where we want to be. Um, you know, our, all of our goals is finding, you know, we have extremely high ambitions and finding, you know, ultimate success and maximizing the potential that we have. And it's like, you know, I'm someone that you could call it, you know, even a greed in a sense, but I think it's more of like, I'll never be satisfied with what I'm doing. Even if I sell my company for a billion dollars, like I know that I can achieve more than that until I'm at that point for my personal goal is I want to create a product. Like I, I always want to create a product that's dope. Like, you know, fan basis, like dope concept. Like whenever I tell someone I, you know, fan base is going my side, they're like, wow, this is sick. You know, that's kind of what I like, right? That's, that's what I like to do. And I want to, I'll be satisfied eventually when I create a product that has changed the world and, and impacted the world in a way or another. Maybe with fan bases, I'm not solving, you know, the most desperate world's needs, but I'm doing something that's providing people with value with 
lifetime experiences that they can have, uh, memorable stuff, and it is changing people's lives in one way or another on a very, 100%. on a low level, you know? No, it's pretty much not even on a, whole, a low level, right? Like, I, I use that concept a lot in business. Even, imagine somebody that have worked in a business for three years, committed, but they just haven't made any money yet. Mm -hmm. They think they're negative. You're not negative. Yeah. Because that three years, you could have been doing something else that is taking you on your opposite direction. Yeah, so exactly. So even if you are still in the position where you started, you have defined yourself as somebody that can stay focused and work on a product for three years, and that alone, it's exponential growth. Exactly, exactly. And that, that, that specific characteristic is going to lead you to more success eventually than 100%. what you could have possibly do, be doing. Mm -hmm. If he wasn't doing that, right? The same thing goes to like somebody who somebody is currently having a, a one in a lifetime experience right now with De, uh, Dennis Rodman. They could have been doing something else that is impacting the world in a negative fashion, right. in a negative way. Right. And that right there is giving people like who do you think somebody that just have an experience of their lifetime would go out and hurt somebody? <laughs> No, no, absolutely not. Now go out and tell people about it. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's like spreading sp positive, positive energy, and that's what saved the world from crime and everything else. There's an exponential aspect to it. Oh yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And you know, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, what I think, every single company that has been ultra, ultra successful. If you think Apple, you think Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Uber. They, what what have they done inherently? If you break de break it down, right? Take off the face level of the the face value of the product that they've built. Mm -hmm. They've made people's lives more convenient. Uh -huh. That's what it is, right? They made it easier to do this or to do this. You know, before Google, people were reading books to find information out. And one yet, line information. Yeah, to get one line of information. I can't imagine doing that. I never grew up with that. That's what 100%. my parents did when they were in college. And that's crazy to me, you know? <laughs> Think about writing letters to people from the yeah, other side of the country. <laughs> it's insane, yeah. And, um, you know, like, what we look at right now, 30 years from now, what, all the things that we think are high-tech and cool are going to be, yeah, you know, completely different. useless. And, yeah, they're going to be iterated a million times over. 100%. Um, and, you know, that's, like, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. If you want to create something that has, like, a ton of impact overall, like, you're working on the coolest thing. I don't know how much you want to tell everyone about what you're working on. Oh, yeah. Pretty much the main idea is that, like, I tell people this, right? If you, like, inconvenience, right? We have mm -hmm. a lot of inconvenience. If you just move to a place. Mm -hmm. I moved, when I moved here, I, I didn't have a coffee table for three months because mm -hmm. of the order I have to wait for it. <laughs> how many, how many table on, uh, how many furniture stores in Florida within a mile radius? that can get me a table the same day. Yeah. So many. Mm -hmm. But there is no way you can, you cannot get that anywhere in 2023. Can you yeah. believe that, right? There's no, no place I can go on my phone right now besides Amazon, but that won't be localized. You're still going to wait. localized and it would take you maybe like two, three days. What if you need something for the, within the next, you know, you have a guest coming and like- Yeah, you need something that day. Exactly. Right. It's not a table. Table is something that you can afford to wait. But yeah. what about the things that you cannot afford to wait? Like right. imagine we want to do a podcast right now. You're flying to Bahamas and I, I couldn't get the mics to work. Yeah. So yeah. it's like I need a mic within 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's a, the solution that we are working to, to provide. And you guys would get to see it, the follow up to it. What I love about it is you've taken something that's, you know, this industry is like kind of new, right? Of like, 
you know, the delivery that comes quickly. Like Amazon did that. They created Prime. That was Prime. Amazon Prime was the first iteration of that, right? 100%. They broke open the market. Um, then you find companies like GoPuff, Instacart, yeah. um, Postmates, Uber Eats, right? That kind of, okay, they say, okay, this is working for Amazon. Let's um, redo this and refactor this model into these different verticals of just for food, just for snacks, whatever it might be, yeah. right? And you're basically taking that to the next level saying, hey, you guys, you know, made the, um, made the market and yeah. you guys got people to adopt and become users of this um, technology in a sense or this product and you got them. And the most important thing about what they've done for you is they've made users essentially addicted to, to that convenience, to that convenience, right? Like right now, you know, if I'm ordering um, food, I can go on Uber Eats to get, you know, a pizza in 20 minutes if I want to. Exactly. And it's crazy to me, if it takes 45 minutes, I'm gonna get pissed off if it's at 20. Exactly. Two years ago, <laughs> years ago. And Uber is, or five years ago, Uber Eats didn't exist, and I'm going to that actual location, it's gonna take me an hour and a half to get my pizza, exactly. and I was happy was, about it at that time. It. So now people are addicted to this concept, uh-huh. and you're able to you know, give them that even more instant gratification, which is why I think you're gonna kill it with this. Oh, thank you, man. And, and I'm, gr- I'm, I'm glad we really get connected around this time mm-hmm. because things are about to really, really skyrocket. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Guys, we can keep this going. Let me ask you about a couple of things. Are you a book, are you a big reader? Uh, I've been trying to read as much as possible recently. Okay. So not a big, big reader, but I'm trying to get to at least like a book a month, you oh, know? Nice. Um, so, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of value you can get from reading about other people's experiences. I like to do, uh, I've been listening to a lot more podcasts and audiobooks recently too, just in my yeah. free time or even while I'm doing work, nice. always inspires new ideas. Yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, you know, it seems like I can tell you're a little yeah. bit of a big reader. I, 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 like I read a book a week, a book a week, oh, book mostly, a week. mostly like audiobooks. I have the physical copy and I have the audiobook. It's very easy to flip through. Mm-hmm. So I believe that books have given me the, a, a cutting edge and adva- fair advantage being in a country in less than 10 years mm-hmm. from not speaking English to building what I've built. I believe that I owe most of it to reading. So I really, really like have a personal connection with books and I decided to do something special for every single one of my guests that come to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to give them access to my library and they can pick up any book of choice. Oh, so yeah? You are in for a treat. <laughs> Look at the library and see what books connect more with you. And we're going to grab it. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. <laughs> Sounds and, good. I appreciate yeah, that. Let's do it. Let's pick up the book live. What do you see that attracts you? What's the, uh, the art of impossible? The art of impossible is pretty much uplifting the limitation that we all create in our minds. Okay. Because there is a lot of things that, you know, when you think about, when you tell somebody 500 years ago about something flying in the sky with a lot of people on it, it would seem... It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy to them. Yeah. It would sound impossible. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But today... Uh, it's possible for us. Right. When you think about like sitting here and talking to somebody in Africa, it seems yeah, impossible. Yeah. If you tell somebody it's that 150 somebody, years 100, ago, 150 years ago, they would say it's impossible. Yeah. So right now there's a lot of things that we see impossible. I was asking my friend, do you think that in a few years we'll be able to teleport ourselves? Like I want to be in London in five minutes and be able to do so. And he looked at me like, 
No, bro, that's impossible. <laughs> we never know. If somebody was to tell you that you'd be able to speak to your mom and look at your mom throughout the screen, yeah, like a hundred years ago, you'd be like, they're tweaking. Right? Yeah, but yeah. But today yeah. it's possible. I'm like, we never know. Right, right, so right. So pretty much the concept of the art of impossible is uplifting that concept uh, completely out of your, your, you know, your vocabulary. Right, right. And anything hey, out of your mentality too, yeah. yeah. Anything that you can think about is pretty much possible. Uh-huh. You know, so that's... That's a cool, that's a cool one. So actually, I mm-hmm. want to ask you, uh-huh. out of the, based on the conversation that we had, you know, yeah. on this podcast, what would you think is the best um, book in the library here for you know, me this to read? Is a, this is a really, really, really great question. You know, one lesson that I'm going to share with you guys, I know we are facing backward, but... I had, you know, like, I, I don't remember exactly who I was listening to is like, they often ask people and that kind of fall in line with fun base, right? They would ask if you was to, if you get a chance to spend one hour with Elon Musk, what type of question would you ask him, mm-hmm. right? And I looked at the house. <laughs> and, 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 and people's like trying to come up, you know, with questions, the right questions. Mm-hmm. And somebody, they ask somebody, it's like, okay, what, what type of question would you ask to Elon? It's like, if I have Elon, I would just tell him my story and tell him based on his experience what he, what would do. he will do. And that, he will find the best questions for you and he would ha- answer the best questions for you. So that's what you did from your <laughs> And I literally have one book in mind. It's called Never Split the Difference. But by Talaraz and Kip and, and Chris Voss. Okay. And this is pretty much everything about negotiation. I know you're going to have a lot of conversation uh-huh. with people. And this book, trust me, it's an, a relationship builder. Okay. When it comes to like communicating with people, you let people have their way, mm-hmm. right? In the conversation, mm-hmm. but it's actually your way. Right, right. You convince them that they're winning. Yeah, you convince them that it's, they're winning, uh-huh. but you are also winning. Yeah, and yeah, And you yeah. do that through understanding I never words. split the difference, I get it. Never yeah. split the difference. You're not going to split the difference. Chris Ross is a, a, a hostage negotiator. Yeah. And he have an incredible track record. Let's say there is people in, in the bank with a lot of hostage mm-hmm. telling that they need this money, they need the helicopter, they need all this stuff, or they're going to kill people. Yeah. He's the type of guy that would go talk to the negotiator. And this book, it's a game changer already in 2019. And trust me, it have made a big difference for me. So Okay, awesome. Experience it. Thank you, bro. Thank you for coming. Absolutely, Guys, man. I'm going to put Yash, social media, fan base, and everything in the description. So you guys can go look into it. He's building some really cool stuff. And if you get an opportunity to be involved in any of his projects, you don't want to miss the opportunity. Go ahead and take advantage of it. Until the next one, share this video to anybody you think can benefit from it as well. If you're watching this on YouTube, we have a podcast version as well that you can listen on the go. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, we have a video version as well. So you can see me and Yash sitting here in the apartment, in the studio, just catching it up. Go enjoy it. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. Take care. Take care. Boom. Awesome. (laughs) We knock it off the park.